Today on CityCast Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is getting its first non-alcoholic bottle shop, a little Lawrenceville staple got a glow up, and a bunch of vegetarian favorites closed for good. But there's some very good eats coming for us this winter. Today, our very own Morgan Moody and Francesca DeBecco join CityCast contributor Halby Klein, who's covering it all for Pittsburgh Magazine. It's Thursday, April 21st. I'm Megan Harris, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. So some bad news first. Some of our old favorites are closing. Um, B-52 closed. Ugh, and Reed & Co. It was a terrible week for vegetarians. I know, I know. And so did Bitter Ends. I actually went to uh, B-52 in Lawrenceville uh, on Butler Street last week before it closed. Myself and Francesca, we actually both went. Um, I I told the host that like I was so sorry and I asked them, you know, what happened, and they they said they found out on sun the Sunday before they they went into work, and um, I guess the owner told them that they have a wheat. Yeah, how you just did a story, right? So yes, yeah, so I did stories on all three of these. Uh, Reed and Co. and B fifty two both opened in two thousand and sixteen. Uh, Bitter Ends opened in two thousand and seventeen, and I think all three of them together were really part of this revitalization of Pittsburgh food that was offering this like really broad stroke, casual, approachable, but made with really good ingredients options. And they were all from like very, very specific, unique perspectives of all the owners and all the chefs at those places. Um, so so seeing them go is like definitely a loss because I think restaurants with personality mean so much, right? Yeah, because they were so beloved in the community and it's hard to imagine such staples closing, you know, of course they're getting good business, right? Well, at least we think, but it just, it's sometimes not even about that. It's, you know, their they're bandwidth. So, um, you know, I, I've been a vegetarian for like five years now. And I remember like the first time I went to B52, I was like, okay, that's it. I never have to meet, eat meat again. <laughs> I'm like, this is, this is the best. Um, so I would say that B52 was like one of the uh, main places that I like could go to, at least when I just became a vegetarian to uh, find like really good vegan food. So did you guys uh, have a chance to to go to B-52 before it closed? I did. Uh, so I was wondering what, what your last meals were. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, I was there two weeks ago. And, you know, it, it was one of those places that was really on the top of its game. Um, everything was so delicious. The sourdough pancakes were amazing. Ugh. The kofta was delicious. I had this uh, seitan shawarma melt that was so delicious and wonderful. And it was it was so exciting. But, you know, I think it's one of those things when you're running two businesses. The owner also operates Allegro Hearth Bakery in Squirrel Hill. Right. And it was just, it's just too much. You know, it's, it's really hard, especially at a time where you're still trying to staff and to bounce back and forth between two neighborhoods that aren't like super duper close to each other. Um, sometimes you just have to make a choice and say, like, this is this is where my heart is. And right now his heart's at the bakery. Yeah. I So I got um, – I'm going to sound like such a millennial, but <laughs> I got the avocado sandwich. Um, if you've ever had it, you know that it has that delicious shiitake bacon on it. Uh, but I also got uh, the seitan shawarma. My partner and I, we like to get two things and split because that's way more fun that way. <laughs> um, sure, sharing, sharing is the only way. <laughs> does, that, does that shiitake bacon taste like – 
bacon. It honestly doesn't make me miss bacon at all. Um, so I'm going to try to figure out how to make my very own uh, because I'll miss it. Um, so yeah, those were, those were my last meals. So sad. Uh, what about you, Morgan? What did you get? Uh, I ended up getting the meze with the cauliflower. Ooh. Their fries are amazing. Ooh, nice. Yeah, and uh, avocado toast. So, you know, a lot of things were sold out online. Oh, yeah, that that makes sense. And they always have like awesome kombucha and stuff on tap, really interesting mm-hmm. like fizzy drinks and stuff. So, yeah, we'll we'll definitely miss B52. You know, the good news is is what you said Hal is that, you know, the owner Omar will still be managing Allegro Hearth. So, hopefully we'll see some like B52 inspired menu items there maybe. <laughs> maybe yeah, like a throwback. <laughs> I talked to Omar and he said there are going to be certain things um, that we love about B-52 that were already kind of on the menu there. The seitan melt, the kufta melt, the breakfast sandwich. Those will still be at Allegro Hearth. And then he's going to take some time to just kind of reevaluate what he wants to do with some of the other things such as the hummus, the baba ganoush, the cashew cheese. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe they'll make an appearance. They're all they're all great with bread. Yeah, <laughs> true, very true. So, and then also, you know, same with bitter ends. You know, again, a sad loss of, of really great, delicious food that you know. Hopefully, we'll see little little pieces of. Yeah, bitter ends hasn't been open for uh, as long. I remember before it was bitter ends. It was just like a, a typical Bloomfield breakfast diner. But I've never eaten there. So what what do they have? How? You know, bitter ends was it was really known for this really direct connection with local farmers and producers. You know, one of the farmers, Jodo Odo, now runs Cold Co. Farm, and he was one of the original partners in the place. So it was really a way for the farm at to just kind of go directly into a restaurant. And Becca Hegarty, who was the owner there, was a baker, baked bread, baked really beautiful things. And so you could get stuff that you would think of as like pretty crushable, you know, like a, a big hoagie with eggs on it or whatever, big sandwich with eggs on it, donuts, all sorts of great things. And, you know, again, it's it's one of those places that it's just served a real niche in the in the community. It was a place that you could just go get some good food, be in and out. And so, it's, you know, it's too bad that it's gone. Yeah, you're right. They announced that right after the others. Um, I loved Reed & Co's juices. Uh, but I didn't realize until your Pittsburgh Magazine story how, like, how many changes they had to make during the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, they adopted really quickly. I should also say that just because a lot of these restaurants that are closing are vegan or vegan forward, that it had nothing to do with Pittsburgh, like rejecting vegan food. It's all <laughs> no, for very, di- it. they're all for very, very different reasons. It just yeah. <laughs> happens to be, you know, especially if you eat a vegan diet, this has been a rough, a rough month for, for that. Um, but yeah, Reed & Co was, you know, they did a really good job. They really, early on in the pandemic, had this like takeaway window, switched to online ordering before most places did. And, you know, their business was actually great. Like they were doing really well, but then it gets into these issues of infrastructure in Pittsburgh. That's just really, really challenging that, you know, the building had a lot of floods in the basement and then they were, you know, Reed, the owner was, was hoping to get the employee retention tax credits that were part of the CARES Act, um, but they didn't come through in time. And then it just became this, this hard business decision that he had to close. And so, you know, it really stinks because it was one of those places that had these amazing juices, but also offered, you know, one of my favorite breakfast wraps in town. And so, you know, it's a, it is definitely a loss. But there are there there are more things coming, though. Yeah, let's not be grim. There's good things. There's good things to come to. <laughs> so the Open Road just opened in Allentown, and it's actually been around for two years. It started as a pop up serving non alcoholic drinks, and then was a 
online order business and then was kind of temporarily in a storefront in Lawrenceville, but now it's in Allentown. It is Pittsburgh's first alcohol-free bottle shop. Um, and you can get mm. everything there from spirits that kind of mimic gin, tequila, um, wine and beer without the alcohol in them. And they've really made a lot of advances in the technology of how those things are made in the last couple of years. So they're, they're actually really tasty if you want to make a mixed drink. Um, and then you can also get all sorts of just like really tasty, fizzy drinks um, that are just delightful on their own that aren't trying to be anything else. Um, some I of think them that's have, what I'd like. Yeah. Yeah. Like functional components some of them have and some of them are just nice to drink. Yeah, like some sort of like botanical herby type drinks. Yeah, that sounds with delicious. Like lemonade or something, um, and something like with a spritz or something. That would be nice. I think that people who drink non-alcoholic beer are psychopaths. Um, <laughs> but how have you ever? <laughs> you know, I, I have, and I think there are a couple that are pretty good. It's it's not my jam necessarily, um, but I do understand that there are people who really enjoy the taste of beer. And for whatever reason they have, um, can't drink alcohol or choose not to drink alcohol. And if you still enjoy that taste of beer and you still want to get something um, that that is in the same category, that's brewed in the same way, you know, it's it's great that there are those options available. And it's in the same way that it's great that, you know, you could get sort of a, a botanical gin that has like lots of like some chili peppers in it to mimic the heat of alcohol, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's fun and it just adds a whole other category of things for us to drink. And it's nice that Pittsburgh has a place like this. There aren't a lot of these in the country right now in general. So it's pretty cool that we have one. Yeah. As like a really big drinking community, I feel like, don't they say we're a, we're a drinking town with a football problem or something <laughs> like that? Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I feel like this, <laughs> this is a necessary addition. Um, I'm not a huge drinker, so I'm excited to stop in and, and see what they have. But also I'm just like really excited. They're, they're part of the Allentown community. There's so much good stuff there. There's so much more coming. Um, and I think that they're like a really great fit to, to what's already happening in, in that community. So, so that'll be fun. So how another restaurant on your radar is the Vandal. What can we find on their new menu? There's a lot to like about the Vandal. So the Vandal is another one of those restaurants that opened in, I think that also opened in 2016. I've never been there either. I don't know. All these places I haven't been to. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've been to the Vandal. And I think like actually the one time that I did go they weren't even doing food service at the time so i just got like a drink but it's so cute in there they have like such a cool aesthetic um you know very like white walls with plants and and things like that so it's always always seemed like a really neat spot to go to yeah and they just they just closed for 12 weeks and did a full remodel of the space oh wow um to like really just like add things up because you know when they opened it was kind of a sandwich shop sort of situation and then it's gone through a couple of evolutions. The menus changed. So they got an alcohol license, a liquor license right before the pandemic and kind of wanted to move more into a wine bar direction. And then it was, but there was this coffee bar in there from a from mm. the original space and these weird seats in the window. So they're just like, let's just close right now in January when things are slow anyway. Take a couple months. They put in a beautiful new marble wine bar. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are five or six seats where you can just sit there now. Um, the coffee bar has gone. There's more seating. Um, there's some like nice seating in the windows they built out. There's even more plants. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, you know, and it's a really nice thing. And they re kind of refresh the menu a little bit. And I went there the other night and had this black bass dish with kumquats and grilled leeks and miso. That was just, Ooh. it was like juicy and crispy. And, you know, I think, I think tart is the flavor of the, of the year that seems to be emerging. There's a lot of just sort of like tart notes 
to like accentuate dishes and this kumquat and the sauce just like added this like tartness that kind of like punctured right through the bass. It was so good. So it's, you know, it's exciting to see, you know, as we've been, you know, talking about restaurants that opened around the same time, you know, that have just closed to see another one of those restaurants in that class, you know, in that, in that era of that restaurant boom of like 2014 through 17 that decided to like really home in on something else and refresh. And it's just, it's such a great place and it fills a nice niche. Um, I think a lot of restaurants have gone either very casual comfort foodie, um, you know, as we're kind of like emerging from the pandemic or a few have gone like leaned like spork into like very much fine dining. And it's nice to find a place that has like a kind of European feel that's, you know, nice and classy, but not as much of an investment as it would be for a fine dining, but not as like laid back as a comfort food place. Yeah. So how would you say this is like a good date night spot? Oh, heck yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a perfect spot for it for a date. It's a perfect spot to to reconnect with friends. Um and, it, and it's great and it's it's really, you know, it's nice to see the next step of that restaurant too. Talking about next steps, we have another exciting thing coming soon, the Asian Food Hall. Mm-hmm. Um so how what do you know about the restaurants that are going in there and when we can expect it to open? It's really exciting. So um, the developers reached out to Mike Chen, who is, you know, the dean of Chinese restaurants in Pittsburgh. He owns Everyday Noodles. He was one of the founders of Pittsburgh's Chinese Restaurant Association. He just is, is this like vast wealth of knowledge and a treasure for Pittsburgh. And Alex Tang, who owns Mola, which I went to the other night, which is also a place everyone should go to. It's fantastic. And they curated a list of seven restaurants. Two of them will be spinoffs of their own places um to to center this food hall around asian restaurants which i think is really exciting because it's something that we haven't seen in pittsburgh before oh and we need it and it's really you know i think the the terminal building has been controversial in a lot of ways because people were wondering oh is this going to be local or are there these national chains going there what's happening and to be able to curate this and to say to make a statement and say we're going to do this with asian restaurants i think is is really kind of amazing for pittsburgh and so you know we're looking in addition to the other places to korea garden sumi bakery silk elephant um golden palace which is going to serve sweet mai which is cantonese roast meats mm. and a boba tea stand run by the owners of many more asian market I just love that you'll be able to go there and choose and pick. Like, I want boba from here. I want noodles from here. I want dumplings from here. <laughs> like, you can have your yeah. own, like, mix of a, a whole Asian meal. Do Do we know anything about the pricing structure? Because there's an interesting conversation happening right now that how we as Americans value Asian cuisine and basically always kind of wanting to pay, not really pay for really good food and something that's that's labor intensive. Yeah, it's a really interesting discussion. I mean, I don't know anything specifically about what the prices are going to be here. I think it's still a little too early to tell. It's slated to open, they say, at the end of this year. Um, but yeah, I think the, you know, it's a huge discussion about what food we decide is is worth spending money on and what food people think should be like, you know, quote unquote, like cheap eats or whatever. Um, yeah. And it's obviously embedded with like a lot of racism. Mm-hmm. Um, about what we decided is, <laughs> is that, and I remember, you know, like last year I reviewed a Sichuan restaurant called Yu Bai Wei, which is in Squirrel Hill. Oh yeah. You talked about them in our very first episode. You know, people said about that too. They're like, oh, well, you know, like the, you know, this dish is $30 and it's like, 
yeah, this dish is $30. Yeah, it's worth you know, every like penny. It's, you know, yeah. yeah, it's great. It's, you know, the chef is this highly skilled chef who's a master chef in China who's been in Pittsburgh for a couple of years. And, you know, his his time is valuable. His skills are val- valuable. Um, yeah. They're paying the same inflationary costs for their food costs, for their rent, for their products, as we all are. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think, you know, hopefully as, as a country, we get past that point, but we're, we're definitely not there yet. And I'm sure if they have dumplings there that are more than a couple of bucks, people will probably be like, oh, those dumplings. But, you know. Oh, yes. I'd pay anything for dumplings. Same. Yeah. I was actually wondering, uh, any specific food dishes that you guys would like to see at the new Asian food hall? Dumplings. <laughs> I think that's like, it goes without saying. <laughs> How about you, Hal? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm very excited for the roasted meats. Um, we don't have a lot of Cantonese roasted meats in Pittsburgh, so I think that's going to be something pretty pretty excellent. I'm I'm very curious to see what Alex from Mola brings. Um, if there's some, you know, if you can get some quick bite sushi offerings down in the strip, that would be pretty amazing too. Ooh. Excited for the whole concept. Yeah, same. Uh, Halby Klein is the food editor at Pittsburgh Magazine. You can read all about his stuff there online and in print. And we're so lucky that he's also a regular contributor to CityCast Pittsburgh. Thank you, Hal. I'm lucky to get to chat with you all the time. Thank you. I I love this. Talking about food is like just number one pastime. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Absolutely. A little more news before you go. Earlier this week, a federal judge in Florida voided the mask mandates for most of the nation's public transit systems, including airlines. And in the wake of all that, Port Authority was among the organizations who decided to stop requiring masks. Well, the Pittsburghers for Public Transit are not pleased. COVID cases here in the county are rising again, and they argue that this decision could disproportionately harm people with disabilities, many of whom rely on that public transportation. And singer Mai Khoi is getting a big award today. For years, she was a mega pop star in Vietnam until around 2010 when she wrote a song about women's freedom, not wanting to have kids, not wearing a bra. As she got deeper into activism, she was also ostracized from her home. Koi came to Pittsburgh two years ago through the City of Asylum's Exile in Residence program, and today she'll be awarded the Roosevelt for Freedoms Award for Freedom of Speech. The ceremony is in the Netherlands, where she'll also perform, and you can see that same performance, Bad Activist, The Stage Show, in full at the Pittsburgh Playhouse later this year in September. And tomorrow is Earth Day. We'll have a bunch of events and ways you can celebrate or get involved in your community in our newsletter, so make sure you're subscribed. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. Morgan Moody is our host. Francesca DeBecco pens that morning newsletter. And Natalie Rivera has been producing and mixing. We're so, so happy to have her. Music is by Benji. I'm your lead producer, Megan Harris. If you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend, leave us a review, and subscribe in your inboxes and in your feeds. We'll be back Tuesday with more news from around the city. Talk to you soon. Do you want to see a puppy? Oh, I do. I heard puppy paws. Oh my goodness. Oh, I know. Sweetie. She was like popping around. What's her name again? Cleo. 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 Oh, We're going to go on an adventure now.